Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Greenfield, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison and today get ready to dive into a world where cinema and creativity has no bounds. Our guest is the unstoppable Leila Massane, a multitasking serial entrepreneur who's not only shaken up the region's film scene with a meta cinema forum and film fest, but is also a driving force behind launching the next generation of creative minds. Buckle up as we explore her incredible journey. Leila, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. So to start off, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? My name is Leila Massinane, as you have kind of introduced. I am from Iran, but brought up in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, completed my higher education in the USA, and I have been... Um, I think living in Dubai, being a resident for about 33 years now, so way before most of what you see today existed, I have an MBA in international marketing and a master's degree in medical engineering from an educational perspective. So when you were a kid growing up in Dubai, what was the dream? When I was growing up in Dubai, the dream was always to do something worthwhile, do something important. I think going into medical research as a field of study and then joining a non-for-profit in research and development, medical equipment was kind of a testament to that dream at a young age. I wanted to contribute in a way to the world that I was a part of. And as far as Dubai is concerned, I mean, it's home, it's where I grew up and I always wanted to make it proud, if that makes sense. Absolutely. As you mentioned, your journey has already been incredibly diverse from medical research, medical engineering to event management and film festivals. So could you share the story of how you transitioned from your academic background to becoming a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment industry? Life is not a linear projection and uh, most people know that. So I was very clear at what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into medical field, didn't want to become a doctor, and I wanted to research and develop and come up with a new concept, drugs, medicine, cures. I did that. I went to school for that. I joined the largest non-for-profit medical kind of facility, tissue engineering bank in the USA. I am proud to say that I have nine medical patents as a part of that journey and two products that have completed medical trials and are available actually in that field. That was a very fulfilling journey for me until it wasn't because of the type of work that I did with donated human tissue. So the whole concept was to drive as much as possible from donated tissue so it does not go to waste. I was working in bunny suits, in clean suits, in um, clean rooms, in isolation for long periods of time. And that gradually gave me depression. And it got to a point that the fulfillment from what I was doing and loved doing no longer could counter the sense of isolation and the depression that I had. Also, I was on the other side of the world, quite very young, and my family were all here in UAE. So I guess I was homesick eventually as well. One fine day, I decided that I have done enough of this and I come, I wanted to be with my family and I wanted to do something that made me happier, that suited my personality. I'm very chatty, very friendly. I like meeting new people and my beloved job wasn't offering any of that. So I came back to Dubai, looked a little bit around for 
jobs in the medical field back then, I think in 2006, 2007, none were available. It's a completely different story now. There is a lot of R&D going on in UA, but wasn't the case around that time. I decided to go back to school. I enrolled for an MBA program at an American University in Dubai, taught myself business one one because everything I studied until then was just science and uh, graduated with an international marketing degree. And when I was looking around, I fell upon the events industry in a conference production role. Uh, the role involved me doing a lot of research and development and creating concepts for successful events. And as they said, the rest is history. And that was kind of my start into that career and then the trajectory that has kind of led me to where I am today. An incredible journey you've had. My goodness, nine medical patents and two medical products, and then all the way back to Dubai and getting into marketing. Let's shift our focus and let's talk about the Meta Cinema Forum and Meta Film Festival. Can you tell our audience a little bit about these these platforms and what motivated you to get started with them? I am a big fan of arts in general. I love movies and I like a lot of uh, non-blockbuster films. I like uh, peculiar genres and foreign films. And that has been always a, a passion of mine to the point that I took some couple of classes in arts and production and cinematography whilst I was doing my medical degrees, funny enough, in the USA. So this has been something that I have kind of had as a passion. So when I set up my own company in 2008 to become uh, basically the owner of Great Minds Event Management, this coincided with the launch or relaunch of the cinema sector in Saudi Arabia. So Saudi did not have cinemas for decades, I believe, until the ban was left. And in 2017 and 2018, that industry started to develop. So one of the ideas that I had was to launch a conference that discusses basically the business of cinema. We look around globally, there are three or four big established events that provide this platform and none exist except for Middle East. So that is where Meta Cinema for Middle East, Turkey and Africa, that's the region that we focus on, was launched. The event brings together all of the business stakeholders. So this would include your cinema operators, your content producers, distributors, technology providers, event providers, FMB, and everybody basically gets together and they talk about about the cinema as a business, as an industry. And then over the years, the discussion within the platform, so this was launched in 2018 and we're gearing up to the sixth edition this November, the discussions evolved were around the need for greater local content, Arabic content, regional content, diverse content, and that's essentially just Hollywood blockbuster productions are no longer enough to whet the appetite of the market and offer enough content diversity to the audience that basically live in our region. Other discussions that came out of that within all of the stakeholders, and you know, at which point I think like four years on were all my friends, was that, well, one of the areas that we are missing, the thing that we're missing in Dubai is the film festival. The film festivals are essentially like fashion shows for the fashion industry. This is where you come and see content from all of the world. Filmmakers come and interact with other filmmakers around the world. Business deals are made on productions or distribution. And something like this has not existed in Dubai since this. We have the Marmoon Film Festival, which is a fantastic platform for young Emirati filmmakers. But outside of that, we do not have an international film festival in Dubai. So I was instigated by a lot of wonderful friends in the industry to launch the first international film festival in Dubai after many years. And with their support, we launched the first edition last year. 
And as you know, we're getting ready for the next edition this year in November. The journey has been challenging. It has been phenomenal, but I think we are onto something that is truly incredible that adds value to the industry that is in line with the creative economy goals for Dubai and the greater region as well. And that's how basically the film festival was born. What is important to note about our film festival, it is the only non-government funded film festival in the Arab world and the Middle East. And it's the first independent film festival again in the region. So those attributes make it quite very unique as well. Incredible. That's the secret source to success, right? Is to find a problem and solve it. So there was no region specific content and you solving for that with the uh, Meta Film Festival. What is the difference between the Meta Film Festival and the cinema convention? Or is it the same thing? The cinema convention or the Meta Cinema Forum, that is basically an exhibition of showcase of technologies and content and offerings and lots of talks and business meetings. So that's a little bit more towards the industry side of it is where, you know, CEOs come and talk about business of cinema, how to sign contracts, how to make money and how to buy better equipment, share seats, distribution rights, so on and so forth. So that's more business to business. The Meta Food Festival is purely business to consumer. This is a platform where hundreds of films have been submitted from around the world. And that's hundreds from 52 countries that has a committee of uh, 12 from diverse industry backgrounds watching these films, rating them, thinking what is going to be most suitable to our audience in Middle East. About 70 or 80 is going to get curated and they will be showcased, open to public at 35 dirham a ticket to watch content that they would not otherwise be ever able to see it in the cinema. The talks that are accompanying a film festival are quite very different to the talks that accompany the convention or the forum as well. These are more educational, so they will focus on elements of learning and development from marketing to post-production to AI, including classes for children on stop motion, panels on women in cinema. So the talks and discussions are, are varied, but all of them are, again, consumer-facing and are geared to educating the wider audience, whether they are film students or passionate film enthusiasts about various elements of the industry. It's uh, providing a solution for both the business side and the consumer side. Correct. You mentioned earlier that there were many obstacles in the beginning. Can you talk to us about some of the obstacles that you faced? When we were setting up the forum, there are, as I mentioned, three or four very well-established forums around the world. And you'd be surprised as how small the film industry is. Everyone knows the big Hollywood studios. There's a handful of regional high-caliber distributors. Again, even more limited number of cinema operators. So it's in essence, a very small industry. And we were the new case. The company was very brand new. I had just set it up and I'm coming to a very small marketplace with a very close control and saying, hey guys, I'm here. I would like to set up a cinema convention. Gaining that trust from the participants. Um, These guys go to pictures in the US and Spain and nothing like this had ever been done in Middle East. So I'm standing here and saying, hey, I have an idea to do this show in Dubai for the art world for our region. Oh, by the way, I've never done a cinema event. I'm not from this industry and I couldn't have started the company yesterday. So I think gaining that trust and credibility was key, but we did a fantastic job in the first edition. And again, everything kind of has been downhill from there. When the festival is a bit more challenging because like I said, we are the first independent film festival in this part of the world. If you want to run events in Middle East, if you want to run events in UAE in particular, 
their set of licenses. You know, you have your concert license and you have your conference and your exhibition. You have a set number of licenses that you apply and you do what you're licensed to do. There's no such thing as a film festival license. So even in trying to create it, I had to navigate and figure out, okay, how many licenses do we need? What authorities do I need to reach to? Okay. There, these are films. Who needs to approve the films? Who needs to rate the films? And again, because no one had done it before us, there's a lot of dialogue and discussion and collectively with the authorities who are incredibly helpful in UAE, by the way, I have to add, to figure it out and how to do it. After that was, again, going into the world and saying, hi, we're setting up an international film festival. No, we don't represent um, the government. Yes, it's independent. Yes, I understand nothing like this has ever been done in the Middle East, but trust us, we're going to do a good job. So again, getting studios to trust us with premieres, getting international filmmakers to submit their films, convincing people to come and become a jury for the first edition, again, was challenging. Always creating things in a blank space, I think, is a challenge. But again, in industries that are highly regulated, that have a lot of stakeholders, that are open to public opinion, that instigate challenging uh, talks and dialogues and discussions are even more challenging. So I think the process of these was just really establishing ourselves and saying, yes, I know I'm thinking big, but why not? If we don't do it, then no one's ever going to do it. So I think those were the challenges was getting get started. I think the moment they saw what we could do, things got a lot easier for the second edition of festival. I think I haven't faced 80% of the challenges that I faced in the last edition. And I think it's going to get easier even next year. What a remarkable story. So that took some real gumption on your part to dive into a business, an industry with no prior experience and just showing up and saying, I'm here. I don't really know, but this is what I'm going to do. So congratulations on overcoming those obstacles and uh, those challenges and pushing through to creating both a successful forum as well as a successful film festival. And I'm sure, as you say, this one, this year is going to be even better than the last one. I hope so. Yes. I mean, all the signs are pointed towards a spectacular show. I can't share a lot, but I was just looking at our deck of stars that is growing, the films that are being trusted to this festival this year. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to start announcing some shelves, and I'm very, very excited to make these announcements and share some of the big names that are going to come to Dubai as um, in association with their beautiful films and various panels and talks around the festival. How exciting, my goodness. Now, your commitment to nurturing youth and the next generation of leaders is evident. Could you tell us more about how the Metaform Festival serves as a platform for launching the careers of budding creative minds in the region? Actually, that's my favorite part. And that's, I think, my favorite question that you've asked so far. As a new filmmaker, and we have a lot of fantastic schools in UAE and around the region where young talent are being trained in this industry, be it being directing, cinematography, videography, editing, custom design, graphic design, so on and so forth, with the passion and the aspirations to make it in the movie industry. Now, imagine you're a young student and you have just made your first film, your first short, and you have showed it in the university and you've showed it to the family. What next? How are you going to get more feedback? How are you going to show it to a wider audience? In the absence of a festival locally that will welcome your production and put it in competition next to your peers, you essentially have nowhere else to go with your work. Again, as that young student, you can go to the cinema and you can watch some, you know, films that 
eventually make it to the region and you can watch some more diversified content on OTT platforms. But that does not provide you with the opportunity to talk to the cast, to the crew, to the talent, to the directors, to the producers and get those burning questions out. I think for this industry, like any industry, exchange of ideas and interaction with people that are experts in this in the industry is the only way you can hone your skill. This is why conferencing industry and the events industry exist. You know, people go to conferences to learn new things, new techniques, new thoughts, new ideas. A film festival essentially is a conference, is a platform for people that are in the film industry. So that's one side of it is, you know, the learning and development from watching these films in the presence of the filmmaker. The second part of it is the showcasing of the films that you have made and being critiqued again by a jury of experts and being given pointers on how to improve your skills. The third part of it is the volunteer opportunities that we offer to the students. So they get to be a part of the festival. They get to be photographers, videographers, ushers, managing celebrities, just general assistance around the festival and with a small salary that they get. So it's pocket change, a little bit of income, but working in an industry that they're studying for. And the last basically point that I wanted to mention, it actually gives tangible results. So we had a beautiful young lady last year from University of Drasofema. She attended along her professor to one of the talks. After that, she reached out to us for an internship at the company because she really enjoyed her time at the festival. So she finished her internship, which was required for her graduation. And I am proud to say that we have now hired her. Festivals like this also offer direct employment opportunities. And we're hoping for this festival to grow so we can hire more young talents into the company and advise or recommend them to our partners in the industry as well. I think the part that I forgot to mention is that this year the festival will have about 15 workshops and masterclasses and all of them are designed for young filmmakers. So we are really expanding the learning and development opportunities for the aspiring talent in our beautiful country, UAE. What a rewarding experience to be opening up opportunities to these young minds, giving them a platform where they can learn from and grow from. With your experience in various leadership roles, you run several companies in different uh, areas. What key skills or principles do you believe have been pivotal in your entrepreneurial journey? I think uh, you can mention a wide array of things, but I think the ones that I would contribute to my success would be a handful. One is persistence. Two is setting up goals and not giving up on the goals. And I mean, it goes back to persistence, believing in yourself and your vision. There's no such thing that comes without hard work, courage and the guts to stand up when you get knocked down. And that again, goes back to not giving up and persistence. And the last is learning from failure. I think this is one of the things that I learned as part of my research and development career, because that taught me that you can do a thing a thousand different times and you will fail at it. And then that 1001 time you succeed and oh, you have a medical pattern now. Failure is not to be looked at negatively by youth. I think they need to, what I would advise to every person is that be persistent, believe in yourself, work hard and learn from failure. And what I mean by learn from failure is look at your failure, look at what contributed to that failure, why you fail and how you can do things differently. Do it differently again. Bear in mind that you can fail again and you shouldn't give up. I love that. These are valuable insights and I love the concept of not giving up when you fail, but rather using it as a learning experience. 
That's fantastic. Balancing multiple roles and responsibilities, as we mentioned, must be very demanding. Could you share some insights into how you manage your time and maintain your focus across these diverse endeavors? Before answering that question, I have to say that my biggest responsibilities are actually not a work. I am also a mother and I have two beautiful young daughters. My older one is almost 13 and my younger one is almost nine. So my biggest role and responsibility is first and foremost, mom. Obviously, I am a wife and I am a sister and I am a daughter and I'm a friend. So I would look at my priorities. My home life is still my number one priority. Second set of priorities are always work and work has various degrees of priorities. Things that are important always go on top. Things that are urgent and important go further than that. And it's all about prioritization. So I try to make a schedule, a weekly schedule, and I have a macro plan in mind, which are the key targets and the KPIs that I need to achieve for every given week. The things that I need to make sure that I have time for, I block those times in my calendar and I don't let anything or anyone disturb those times that I've committed to finishing a task, be it at home or be it at work. Prioritization, number one. Number two is blocking times that are required to achieving those priorities. And then leaving space for flexibility. Once those priorities are taken care of, I allow myself to be flexible. I allow myself to attend to the tasks that my brain is ready to do in that moment in time, that my body can accompany. So I don't push myself beyond my brain capacity. If I have some tedious tasks to do too, and they're not my priority list, then it gets done another day. One of the most important things is that this is all balanced within a week. And now often don't allow things to go from a week and shift and become the burden of the next week. So if I can manage my priorities within a week with my plan, that allows me to stay on top of things. The second thing that I have to mention is that I have a phenomenal support group at home with a wonderful husband and nanny, my mother, my sister, who are wonderful allies in my life, best friends who help out, and a wonderful organization with colleagues that I am so proud to call colleagues and friends and family. And I delegate, I trust. I provide feedback, but I allow autonomy in decision making and trust the experts around me to do their expert work. It may not be the way I do it, but as long as they get it done the way they need to get it done, then that's more than good enough. So I think there's the trust in the people you trust around yourself, again, at home and at work and making sure that you understand that you cannot humanly possibly take everything on and that you need to surround yourself with people who you trust to do that are key success factors in being able to juggle multiple roles and responsibilities. That's excellent. So setting priorities, being flexible and having a good support system. Very, very good. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And it's super exciting. I can't wait to hear about the big names you're going to be dropping in the next few weeks. I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> now we are, it's time to crank up the excitement with our rapid fire round, where we're about to unleash some quick fire questions your way, Leia. Are you ready for the challenge? Ready. Your favorite film, one that never gets old. Eternal Sunshine or Spotless Mind. One word that defines your leadership style. Intuitive. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Cash management. Okay, good. What is the most inspiring city you've visited? Edinburgh. 
Oh, wow. Okay. What is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you get? Turn off my phone for an hour and spend time with my daughters. Oh, I love that. Excellent. Thank you so much for playing along. That was fairly easy. Now, before we wrap up, we would like to do our green pool moment. What was your green pool moment, the action or event that was the turning point for you or your career? In 2017, I got fired. I had joined, I was the CEO of a multinational for about three years. I took a company that was under, I made it profitable for the first time. It had awful staff retention. I fixed that. Um, it owed a lot of money to the group. I paid it all back. And when the last time of that money was paid back to the group holding, I got fired on a phone call by the group CEO from New York. That was a wake up call for me that I wanted to set up my own organization and create a work environment that is supportive, that is basically designed to support the growth and development of individuals that rewards and that is not about bottom lines and um, which gave birth to the Meta Cinema Forum and Meta Film Festival and the multiple companies that are run now. And I think that was my moment that getting knocked down harder. I'd never been fired. I've never failed at anything in my life. I've never gotten anything less than a B plus at an exam. I had always succeeded in Excel in my entire life. And then one day I was fired on a phone call after doing a fantastic job. That was my wake up call in life. Wow. What an incredible story. What a shock. And as you say, you were able to get up from that and create something even better, something even bigger. And I love your philosophy to create an environment that's where the bottom line is not the most important thing. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that very personal story with us. I really appreciate that. As we wrap up this electrifying episode, a big thank you to you, Leila, for sharing your insights and your inspiration. Your journey from entrepreneur extraordinaire to cinematic trailblazer is nothing short of awe-inspiring. But before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll also put this in the show notes. Absolutely. So if you are interested in the Meta Film Festival, which I think you should be if you like films and like anything to do with the artistic platform, you can follow it on meta.filmfest on Instagram and Facebook. I have an Instagram handle that goes by Leila Mass, and I can also be found on LinkedIn by Leila Massinine. Quite very easy to find, actually. Okay, thank you for sharing that. So again, Leila, thank you so much for sharing your remarkable story and reminding us that the sky is not the limit. It's just the beginning. And to all our reality shifters out there, keeping those creative fires burning. And remember, the world is your canvas. Until next time, stay curious. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.